0: Is the Bartender Journey Podcast?
1: It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number two one two. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. Today we're going to talk to my good buddy Craig Chevlo. Well, he was actually a listener to the podcast before I met him, and then he joined the USBG New York chapter, and then uh now we're buddies. So that's uh he's a great guy, and uh we're going to talk to him shortly. By the way, next time we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk more about the USBG with our president of the vice president of our chapter, James Mennite, who is uh, also a bartender at the iconic Plaza Hotel. So uh, I hope you're subscribed and you'll listen to that one next time. And we'll be talking about all the great reasons to join the United States Bartenders Guild. Let's do a cocktail of the week first. And it's from Craig. It's called The Wind Tunnel, and it's two ounces of rye whiskey, half an ounce of anisette, three-quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, three-quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. We're going to shake that up, strain it oh into a Collins glass filled with fresh ice, and garnish it with a lemon wheel and an anise, anise? star. If you have one. And uh, a spray of orange flower water, which is interesting stuff. I like that. Orange flower water is good stuff. Uh, And you can get that on Amazon, actually. We'll put a link on to uh, the show notes to go along with the show, number 212 on bartenderjourney.net. Next, we'll do a book of the week. And uh, we also got this from Craig. He likes The World of Spirits and Cocktails, the ultimate bar book by Andre Domine, I think is how you pronounce it. D-O-M-I-N-E with an asterisk, an accent on the the E at the end there. Well, this is uh, Craig's Choice, and I haven't had a chance to check it out myself, but uh, there was an Amazon review on uh, Amazon.com, and it said, This book taught me more than I imagined it would. It got me through some of those customer interactions that I knew were coming my way. It filled up my brain with facts and information that I would not have found elsewhere. It taught me more about spirits than I thought I could ever know. Well, thanks for that book suggestion, Craig. Uh, Unfortunately, this book is out of print, and it's about eighty-five dollars on Amazon. But uh, anytime you 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 can get it if you like there on Amazon. I'll have a link up on bartenderjourney.net. And anytime you click through one of those links on Amazon on bartenderjourney.net to get through to Amazon, and you click through and you buy something, it doesn't have to be that um, particular product that I uh, have a picture of. It could be anything that you buy in that sort of session. It helps out the show just a little bit. Doesn't cost you any extra, and uh, Appreciate any help and uh, Craig you're gonna have to lend me that book so I can check it out hey, I was at Bar Institute recently and I was talking about Bar Institute a lot recently and I hope you attended one because they were traveling all over the US and uh, hopefully they came to a city near you but uh, we had it in Brooklyn and uh, one of the interesting uh, classes was, classes was about one the one fair wage campaign and uh, this is uh, the this is an organization that's trying to uh, get wage equality for people in the restaurant business. Business and uh, that that can be a problem. This is according to the One Fair Wage uh, website, which is uh, onefairwage.com, I believe. Um, yep, onefairwage.com. Uh, so this is from that website. It says, "quote The restaurant industry is America's fastest-growing economic sector. It is also among the lowest-paying. Tipped workers are paid a separate, lower minimum wage that starts at two thirteen an hour at the federal level. It's a rate that hasn't changed since 1991." End quote. Well, that minimum wage for tipped employees is higher in New York and many other states, but the federal government apparently is okay with two thirteen an hour and has been uh, since 1991, which is pretty crazy. I think if you're making two thirteen an hour, you'll be very lucky if that even covers the taxes on your tips. So uh, yeah, this is a problem, and this is an organization trying to do something about it. Here's something else from the website onefairwage.com, and I had no idea about this. I did not know this. They say, quote: Although employees, employers are legally Require to top off a tip to workers pay when the tips don't add up to at least the minimum wage enforcement is very lax and disorganized. I end quote, had no idea. I did not know that. So, uh, yeah, there's something, there's some knowledge for you. <laughs> knowledge is power, right? Uh, of course, many back-of-the-house employees are also not paid well. One point, one point that was brought up during the class was that many, many consumers are now interested in where their food and beverage was grown. Was it organic? Is it local? Even how were the farm workers treated and were they paid enough? So, how about... How are the restaurant workers treated, and are they paid enough? Obviously, bar restaurant owners can't just double the pay of all their employees, but, you know, it's something to keep in mind. Plus, there's a well-known shortage of good bartenders these days, so just make sure you're getting paid what you're worth. Obviously, being a real asset to the establishment puts you in a good spot. Uh, So this is all good good stuff to keep in mind, and if you want to find out more, go to OneFairWage.com. Excuse my cracking voice, it's uh, spring allergy season. Hey, we're going to talk to Craig. All right, we're at Ulysses on Stone Street with Craig Scheidlow. Yeah, that is hard to pronounce. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's German.
1: Well, dude, thanks for uh, coming on the show. It's always good to see you. It's good to see
0: you as well. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Fellow USBG member and bartender yes. from uh, New Jersey,
1: right? Originally? Yeah.
0: I'm originally from New Jersey. I'm at a, a bar called Ussia now, which is on uh, 59th Street between 11th and 12th Ave. Cool. But you made the move. You, you were at uh, you were. Uh, bartending in Hoboken for a while, right? Yeah, I was there um, for a while. I managed two bars over there. You know, before I moved, I was managing a cocktail bar at a place called Shepherd and the Knucklehead. And uh, so you, I remember you saying one time the
1: cocktail scene wasn't real developed over there in Hoboken. It's just a stone's throw from Manhattan, but there wasn't well, not too much uh, cocktail stuff going on over there, huh? Not at all.
0: Um, a lot of it was mainly like a lot of partying. Um, it's a party town. You go there, they want the beer in the shots and, um, you know, everyone was saying in Hoboken they wanted a real good cocktail spot to go to. Right. That's when I got asked to kind of like help fill that void and run a real cocktail program over there. You know, we uh, opened up a place that's just, was dedicated to just pure craft everything when it came to uh, the food, building the food from scratch and building, uh, obviously using craft beer um, was a big staple. trying to build a good cocktail program. It's really
1: just so surprising here. There wasn't much in the way of cocktail bars in Hoboken because there's, I mean, first of all, the majority of people, it's a pretty young uh, demographic over there. Uh, a lot of people work in Manhattan, and you'd think it'd be a natural fit. So it's just, it's just so funny to think, you know, that um, we're so immersed in this, like, cocktail culture. And, you know, when you go somewhere where... People don't even know about it. It's just sort of a strange feeling.
0: <laughs> it is a really strange feeling because, you know, like you said, we're both really involved in this. So when we see it, 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 it's a part of our lives. So for us, it's, you know, second nature. But when it comes to a spot like Hoboken, they just, you know, they're like, well, I just want a vodka soda. Like, you know, I don't know that a Tom Collins is something that could be just nice and good and refreshing. Yeah, it gives me something a little bit different. And, um, Introducing those classic cocktails is really what I um, started to do. I went, um, a half of the menu was dedicated towards, you know, just classics. You know, a little bit of twist, you know. And, like, I did a twist off the of Tom Collins, but instead of using simple syrup, I used to fig syrup. Nice. You know, something that was just easy and approachable. So that way, you know, you can get more intricate as time went on. You know, because even in the neighboring town, Jersey City, it, huge cocktail spot with all the bars. So it was... An anomaly seeing going in there and you 'd be like, these are towns are so close to each other yet there 's not one cocktail spot in Hoboken, yet there 's like twenty of them in Jersey City, which is literally the town right next to it right, so strange well, I want to hear more about your journey I mean you you were telling me uh,
1: before we started recording how just in a matter of a couple of days you went to like all these different trainings and events and stuff, and
0: it really changed your uh your your focus and your your education level right yeah, it was uh so I went on a steep course, so I'll start all the way back from the beginning. So before I even um, knew much of really what bartending was about, I, um, you know, I always wanted to be a bartender, and I, I like to tell this story because it was uh, really uh, what got me into it. You know, It really started off with my parents. They always told me, like, if you want to do something, you work hard and you achieve anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, It doesn't matter. You follow through with what you say you're going to do. So I was at my uh, seventh birthday party, which is really funny. This goes back. I want to start all the way from wow. the beginning. Your, star, your story starts earlier than mine. Yeah. And um, I was at a TGI Friday's. And this is when TGI Friday's was like the flair bartending spot. And I was sitting there. We were sitting at a table. that You could see the bar. And I was sitting at the head of the table watching the bartender just make all these drinks, flipping bottles, and doing all these things that I was, like, you know, mesmerized by. Yeah. And... You know, I was like, I want to do that. Seven years old. Seven years old. (laughs) And I didn't take it as like a career path at that point. I just took it as like, I'm going to do that, you know. And, you know, I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. All right. And time went on and um, I ended up in the restaurant industry at 18 years old. Um, Serving was my first job at Longhorn Steakhouse. And I served at a couple spots and then ended up getting my first shot as a bartender a couple years later. You know, just from there, I fell in love with bartending. Uh And I was like, it brought me back to that seven-year-old little child that I actually completely forgot about until I started bartending. That's a great story. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, my dad saw that. And uh, my dad was always the one to push me towards college, push me towards college. And I was going to college to be a chiropractor. and I was just uh, taking chemistry at the time. I was taking, I think, chemistry too. And so I loved the fact of mixing drinks. But obviously, when you first start bartending, you don't know too much about it. I was working at a craft beer bar. Uh-huh. So to me, mixing cocktails was, hey, let me muddle a couple berries and make a twist off of a mojito. Uh-huh. I ended up doing that and, you know, doing a lot of my own experimentation because I didn't understand really what a cocktail bar was at that time. Right. Ended up switching sides becoming a beer rep. Oh, I didn't know that. Which was, yeah, that was something, um, during my time as a beer rep, I did really well. I worked for a small brewery that um, eventually lost their brewer right after I started. So they couldn't keep up with the amount that I was moving. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, you know, after literally, it was a short stint, three months. I was like, look, you know, if you guys haven't hired a, you know, a uh, brewer, I'm going to have to, um, go back to bartending. No, you know, no offense, but, you know, I can't sit on the couch. I was literally essentially getting paid to play Xbox. I was like, that's not my personality. (laughs) I'm a go, go, go type of person. So I ended up getting back into uh, bartending and my old GM reached out to me. Um, He was the one that promoted me as a uh, bartender. And he's like, hey, I have this trip that I want you to go on. And he was like, it's up to Town Distillery. I know you don't work for me right now. Okay. But I know you really liked, you know, making really cool drinks. Uh-huh. This is supposedly the spot to do that. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. So we go all the way up. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's near the Catskills of New York. That was literally a life-changing event for me. Yeah. Um, so we went there. I took a tour of how they made their bourbon which was 100% corn, aged in barrels, really young, um, which is why they called it baby bourbon. And I thought that was really cool. But I was like, all right, cool. I'll go back to doing what I was doing. And they're like, hey, we're going to treat you to lunch.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the chef was from the CIA, and we run a really good cocktail program.
1: Right.
0: I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I go up there, and I have... I ordered this drink, and I was like, it's bourbon, obviously. Like, we're at a bourbon place. I got to get it. It was called bourbon and basil. That drink changed everything for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, they brought it up in, like, my first sip. I was just brought back.
1: Isn't that funny? I think a lot of people have that that one moment where they had that that one cocktail they'll never forget, and it just changed their whole outlook. My, mine was at a Flatiron um, Lounge. It was a... Um, brown derby and yeah. it was and it was so delicious it was such a cool place and um it was just like i'll never forget it i was
0: like all of a sudden i was like i get it you know like i, I now i get it <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me i was like i got it like and then at that point i said i was going to dedicate myself to this uh-huh. and you know my dad's you know Said, like, stop going to college. This is what you, you're meant to do. Wow. You <laughs> so, know, at that point. That's
1: something my that dad says very often.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I never heard that from him because he was super hard on me, like, going to college, work, work, work. Um, so at that point, I dedicated everything to, you know, learning about cocktails. And it, it literally became my life. Yeah. And uh, I decided to enter my first cocktail competition really shortly after that. Which one was that? Um, it was a New Jersey one. It was the Restaurant Association. Okay. Um, it was with a newer whiskey called Gower Spiced. So it's made in South Carolina. It has you know, clove, coriander, um, cinnamon, nutmeg, um, just the basic spices in it. You know, I remember I needed to create a drink that was like the bourbon and basil that I had. Oh, okay. <laughs> so immediately, I found out about all the cool cocktail bars in the city, and I went to. You know, I went to, uh, employees only. I went to death and co. Um, I stopped by dear Irving. I, you know, I went to all these different bars just to learn, you know, I'd sit there and just watch literally. That's all I did, you know, my free time, yeah. just like, uh, cause I played sports growing up. So what do you do when you're not, you know, when you can't physically do something, you watch film, mm. watching film behind the, bars, the, the bar is watching another drink. drink. <laughs> 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 you do that too. You know, obviously you do, uh, but you watch film. It's like the dedication of an athlete. I yeah, grew yeah. up in an athletic environment, which I think also helped accelerate me as an individual.
1: All right. Just you're so focused as an athlete. So, you know, you yeah. can tell, you, you just dedicate your whole uh, consciousness kind of to, to whatever there is you're into. You know, I do the same thing.
0: <laughs> so <clears throat> I entered that and I don't even know how I did, to be honest. I didn't look at the placing because to me I wasn't first or second, so it didn't matter. Um, but I made a good impression on everybody, which was something that, you know, I didn't realize, but was a big thing. Um, that's
1: a big thing about cocktail competitions It's you know, not, not whether you win or lose necessarily, although it's great to win, you know, but you get to meet people and you know, and you're performing in front of the judges, you know, which is, and they're usually quite influential in our business as well. And, uh, but it's all, you know, I mean, it, it, it also makes you realize how much the performance is part of the job, you know?
0: Yeah. And I didn't realize how much that made a difference in your career path. Yeah. yeah. You know, so at the time I was really bummed that I didn't win. You know, I had no business winning. You know, I'll say that now, like looking (laughs) back. But um, the the basil cocktail was no good. (laughs) You know what? I actually did something a little bit different because I didn't want to sit there and (laughs) copy copy something. Yeah. So I was like, what would be really cool? So I did a peach and chai twist, like a tea, Hmm. Um, because I was really into going having different teas at the time, so I thought it would be really cool. And um, I was working at a uh, bar in Hoboken, so we featured it for Drink of the Month, and um, it got put on their website which was really cool, um, on the Gower Spice website. From there, everything just went on an uphill spiral from there, and I just, you know. That's a, going,
1: before you move on, that's actually a great idea to, um, if, you, if you're doing a competition Put it, put it on your menu or make it a drink special at your bar. This way you're making it constantly. And so then when you get behind the, you know, behind the in front of the judges, it's just like, you don't even think, you know.
0: Yeah, I was pretty much running the cocktail program over there, so I just told the <laughs> yeah. owner, I was like, this is what I need to do for this drink and I'll come up with something different every month and I did. And obviously the next month after that, we did uh, the bourbon and basil cocktail. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, I had to give a little um, tribute to you know, really what started it all for me. From there, I went and entered another competition into the city. Really, really big one, Four Roses. So I, got, I actually got up and um, was able to compete with a bunch of great bartenders in New York. And I ran into a lot of the same people that I ran into at um, the first competition that I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I went up to everybody. I was like, hey, what's going on? You know, there's only four New Jersey guys there out of, like, I think 18 people that's a big number now Look like thinking about it but you know it still se- seems so tiny compared to everybody else mm-hmm. so we did that and I made a real connection with the guy that heavily influenced my career Carlos Ruiz who was actually in the uh, USBG Legacy Bacardi competition mm-hmm. last year and um, told me that he was going to uh, he ran a resort like the cocktail program at the resort mm-hmm. to be a little bit more specific and um, we just kept in contact, and over the course of the next few months, when I joined, um, you know, the USBG, and he saw me at a couple meetings, he was like, "Why don't you come um, work for me?" I was like, "Awesome!" I was like, "You know what? You're really good, and I want to improve." You know, I was like, "You know, I'm pretty much the guy where I'm at now." You know, f- just from reading. You know, because right. I just books were everything that I. It, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There, there's a lot to be said for that. To, to work around, you can you can elevate yourself a lot, obviously, through books and websites and podcasts or whatever, you know, and meeting people. But like actually working with people that are better than you <laughs> is so is so important, you know. And it's, I couldn't and, agree more. And it, and it's frustrating when you're not in that situation as as I am now. <laughs> um, so, it's yeah, it's, it's, you feel like there's only so far I can go on my own without like-minded people, you know?
0: Yeah, and, like, now this gets into this part where we were talking about before. So he's like, hey, when you um, go, um, right before you start, you're going to get a week off. Um, before you start, you so still you have a week gap. I'm going to send you to a thing called Tiki by the Sea. I can't go because I have a cocktail competition I have to go to. So Carlo sent me on this trip that literally changed everything for me mm-hmm. like i would drink but i never drink a lot yeah. you know um i've always been good just because you know i never wanted to be like an alcoholic and i know that's a very dangerous path that this industry can lead you down yeah. so go to tiki by the sea and this is drinking from 10 a.m until like 2 a.m in the morning nonstop. but you're in classes for a majority of it and it immersed me in actually the new york culture you know, because yeah. at that point I was just in New Jersey. Yeah. Tell me about Tiki Bicy. I haven't been. I really don't know much about it. So it's a program run by Avua Kachasa. Um, a gentleman by the name of Peter, who owns it, um, runs this program because his parents own a uh, little like hotel down there by in Wildwood, New Jersey. Right. So he's you know sends about forty-eight to fifty bartenders down there, and you're there just to literally learn about Kachasa and learn about Tiki so hence the word tiki by the sea by it's uh Hotel on the water it was life-changing mm. uh just take classes for the next three days of just learning um, all about tiki which i still have a daiquiri like love for now like i can't get enough daiquiris that's exactly <laughs> it's how it's i'm at great, now
1: it's <laughs> the greatest drink in the world <laughs>
0: <laughs> Before I wasn't like that. Now, between daiquiris and anything Kachasa, I'm in love with. Nice, yeah. Because um, it brings me back to. Dude, you
1: should go to um, cocktails in the country. You know Where's about it? it? No. It's um, Ga- Gary Gaz Regan teaches it, and okay. it's up. It's up uh, upstate, not too far from uh, Tuttletown, and uh, so it's just a two day, two day thing. You stay overnight, and it's it's held in a place called Painter's Tavern, and so it's a cool bar restaurant, and they have a few rooms upstairs. So you go, and then there's a there's two bars. So one of them is sort of private, and uh, so it's two days of classes with Gaz, and um, and like nine other bartenders, and it's amazing. You know, it's wow. like it's like I think it's two hundred fifty dollars. I think my my club paid for it. My company paid for it. That's um, awesome. And um, it was um, it's amazing. Like he teaches. More about um, he calls it mindful bartending, so it's about you know sort of your mindset behind the bar and the way you interact with your guests and this kind of thing. Um, but he'll he'll tell you right off, you know, you're as far as cocktails go, you're going to learn more from each other, you know. So it's I mean it's strictly like you have to be a working bar, serious working bartender, and there's only about a hundred slots or so, because it's like ten people per class, and then there's maybe ten classes or so, and um, and you know you're vetted. I mean, you know, they're not taking bartenders that are not really experienced. So anyway, you'll um, you learn from the other people. You really bond with the other people in a serious way. When I, when I went, James Midnight was there. Wow. Trish Rossini and Laura Newman were all part of our class. It was that's awesome. And awesome. They, so he uh, so his sponsors, sponsor brands, and uh, so you, you pick a um, piece of paper out of a hat, and that's the brand that you're going to use to create your cocktail, so you go behind the bar um, and you do that twice, once each day, I guess. And um, you create a, uh, a cocktail based with, with the brand, the sponsored brand, and whatever other ingredients you can find around there. And it's, um, it's, it's unbelievable. You'll love it. Apply, apply now.
0: I definitely am going to look it's, into it. It's during it. the summer. Um, so, yeah, you should apply. You, will. You would love it. <laughs> so and, and I made a lot of really great friends that I'm still friends with today from Tiki by the Sea. Um, and I visit them quite frequently now that I'm in the city. All right. But all right. So flash forward, I go through this experience, and it's honestly life changing. And then that day, I leave. I go to a training over at Dead Rabbit for Brock gin, <laughs> Same, Same thing. And I'm <laughs> constantly like heads involved and learn a crazy amount about gin. And I get was to- that through
1: USBG as well or
0: <laughs> no. That was through Brockman's Gin itself, because I had a good relationship with the rap at Brockman's. Oh, okay. Then while I was there, I met the lady that ran the program named Brooke, and she told me about the Irish whiskey experience happening the next day. And I was like, well, I have off. Might as well go. (laughs) So uh, the next night, I go right back to Dead Rabbit and go through the Irish whiskey experience. So at this point, I've done rum, I've done cachaça, I've done gin, (laughs) I've done whiskey, all (laughs) in one week.
1: It's amazing the amount of opportunities we have here in new york anyway i mean i mean i think if, if i put my mind to it i could probably go to a training or a tasting or some sort of event pretty much any day of the week <laughs>
0: you know yeah and it's important to your advancement it yeah, really is yeah and that's part of what i'm you know trying to communicate to people that are maybe not trying to get involved but don't know how you know well, and-
1: that's a good way that you, you pointed out if you're if, if you're working in a bar talk to the reps you know they're there's they have a lot of opportunities trainings they can come into your bar and do stuff you know you just have to ask yeah and um if you're not you know a lot of our listeners are um what i call aspiring bartenders or they're just starting out or they're bar, bar backs and uh you know they don't have access to reps and things but I, I mean what would you recommend i joining the usbg would be step number one that i yeah. would recommend
0: to be honest yeah that i would um Step number one is finding your local USBG chapter, even if you have to go you know an hour or two out of your way, it's worth totally worth it.: Oh yeah, uh, that elevated my career and essentially got me into New York, which was a dream of mine, um, a goal that I set out to achieve so it's something that you know it's one hundred and twenty five dollars a year there's nothing that you will spend that'll be worth more than the USBG yeah. um, the family, the community. Um, everything that it is um, is just it's nothing more than just a great family that helps wants to see everybody do well together and you can go in there your first meeting be intimidated and three months later you're out having drinks with half the members having a good time you know going to trainings and learning and you know going on overnight trips sharing hotel rooms (laughs) exactly and (laughs) As weird as it sounds, you'll go from being maybe a barback to better than over half the bartenders in the world by being a part yeah. of this club. Maybe the top 5%, really. Yeah. You know. Because <laughs> um, they were talking about it at uh, Bar Institute that me and you attended. Yeah. They said, uh, you know, out of all the bartenders, I forget the exact, like... Statistical numbers, but I remember it was around like eleven percent of them are cocktail bar, uh, cocktail bars, mm-hmm. and eleven percent bartenders work in cocktail bars or something around those numbers. Because mm-hmm. um, I took a class that um, Death and Co, the proprietary um, group, taught, and the number that when you look at it was staggering. Just know your worth, and this yeah. program at USBG will help you know, you know, gain that worth that a lot and, of people and find, desire. And find the
1: people that are willing to pay you what you're worth. Yeah. You know? And, I, you know, I don't know if everybody realizes this. In New York, we realize the value of, of our knowledge as bartenders, but, you know, restaurants are dying for good... Restaurants and bars are really having a hard time filling these top jobs, you know? And I don't know if everybody realizes that, but, you know, you should. They
0: are, and it's not... Is as that, hard that, as you there's there's a demand
1: for great bartenders is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And to be a great bartender takes a specific set of skills just like you know being an athlete of any kind of sport, you know. Yeah. But just like anything else, hard work beats talent. Yeah. Having that desire
1: to to gain the knowledge and meet the right people. Yeah, is, and is what it's all about really.
0: It's <clears throat> that literally is, and you need to surround yourself uh, with those people.
1: S- Southern Tig, uh, the president now of our USBG chapter, he he says, uh, what's his expression? If if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I use that sports mentality of I'm going to surround myself with the best. Yeah. You know, I uh, you know I set myself some pretty crazy, crazy goals, yeah. and you know, the only way to do that is to be around the best and eventually I'll be just as good as everyone else in the room, you know, and, you know, one day I'll work and I'll, you know, you get better and you be as best as you can be. It doesn't matter about anything else. You know what, um, our former president, uh, Pam
1: Witnesser and now- she's awesome. She's awesome. And now she's, for anybody who doesn't know, she was the president of USBG New York. Now she's president of USBG National. She's the head honcho and uh well deservedly so she's definitely she's amazing she said sometimes like established bartenders or people who have been around a long time or you know that are at the top of their game will ask her why should i join the USBG you know what am i going to get out of it she says what are you going to give to it so in other words you know it's your turn to be a mentor now you know and that's that's what's so cool about this industry is everybody's always always I've never met anybody who would say, well that's you know, that's secret, you know, that's that's my business. You know, they're everybody's so willing to help, so willing to educate other people and
0: share what they know. Yeah, and anything that's successful if you look at it, everyone works together. Everyone's a team, everyone's family. Yeah. So we have to work together and be a family in order to do that and A couple years down the road, I might be able to show you something that maybe I picked up along the way because of something that you showed me put me in a position to be better. Right, right. (laughs) Fate. It's fate. Yeah. (laughs) And that's something that sports and I learned just throughout my career that is super important and always staying humble. You never know a lot because, like I told you, I did MMA. Whenever you thought you were the tough guy...
1: (laughs) Good Maybe luck somebody, in that. In that.
0: <laughs> somebody <who> come along <laughs> and kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, so being humble is is definitely a lot not just because you make a great cocktail thinking that you're incredible. Yeah. Your job is to be a friend first and make the guest happy. Making a good cocktail is part of making the guest happy. And That's something Gaz will tell you at um, Cocktails
1: in the Country. He said, I could teach anybody how to make a Negroni in, you know, thirty seconds, you know, but it's the hospitality, the interaction with your guests, and the way that you um, present yourself behind the bar is what makes a great bartender.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, so for anybody that's aspiring to be better, it's, everything is honestly right in front of you. Go to the trainings, just, you know, be around the right people. And if you don't know how to get in touch with those people, that's what the USBG is for, you know, and, you know, and some of you might be tight on cash because you're bar backs. Save up the money. I, you know, As, I'm you know ta- what?
1: Go to the, go to the don't GM we, and ask them if they'll pay for it. You know, the, you, you never know. True. They might pay, They might do it. And if you they know, don't- it's not it's not unusual for a company to pay for training for employees. It's you know, it's not something you should be scared of asking about. You know, and then even if they say no, you say, well, this guy's serious. You know, he wants to like join some organization I never heard of that's about bartending. Like, what is that about? You know, and you never know. Like, ask him again six months later maybe they'll say yes the second time or they might look at you a different way even you know yeah
0: 100 percent agree and just if not if they say no save up and you know if there's not one in your chapter find local trainings ask to be in contact or at least say hi to a rep so that way they could put you in contact with the right people yeah Uh, i mean you could contact
1: the usbg directly not you know it's usbg USBG usbg.org is the website and there's I'm sure there's a way to contact people there that can put you in touch with the right people in your, in your area or, you know, not even contact me or you, yeah,
0: you guys, <laughs> what's, what's um, your uh, social media stuff? All okay, right. So my social <laughs> media is CS52 Mixology. If you want to email me, um, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to, I'll, I'll respond to every one of you. Um, it's njmixology at gmail.com. I'll get back to every one of you. Um, you know, even if I get 10,000 emails, I'll eventually get back to every one of you. Nice. Well, cheers, man. It was a pleasure. we got to get to our USBG meeting. That we do. It's <laughs> our time to go somehow this
1: learn turned a little into, bit. Somehow this turned into a commercial for USBG, but it's, I know, it's, so worth, it's worth it. it <laughs> cheers, man. That was great. Cheers. <laughs> good man. Good man, Craig. Stand by for our toast. You know, we do a toast every week at the very end of the show, but uh, a couple more things to tell you about. Apparently, it's World Gin Day on Saturday, June 10th, 2017. I had never heard of this, but uh, according to WorldGinDay.com, it's the ninth year in a row they're doing this. And I'd been planning to do a gin episode anyway, so uh, not on this next coming show, but the one after. So that would be 214. It'll be. Um, we'll talk all about gin with Tristan Stevenson, who has a great new book called Gin Palace. So I hope you're subscribed, so you get the new shows as soon as they become available. If you have any questions at all about how to subscribe, you can go to bartenderjourney.net/slash subscribe. Hey, we got an offer code for you. Uh, it's 20% off a cool uh, whiskey event in Brooklyn coming up on June sec- June 8th, June 8th. Excuse me. So uh, it's a 20% discount code off of VIP tickets at the Whiskey X event in Brooklyn, Uh, you can join Hazel, you know, who Hazel works with me on the show here, and uh, she's helping to promote this show, and she'll be there on June 8th. It'll be whiskey, food trucks, live music, and more. Use the offer code WHXHAZEL, so that's all uh, in capital letters and no spaces or anything, so W-H-X-H-A-Z-E-L to get these perks. Uh, get uh, premium pours at the 60 plus Whiskey Ambassadors and Distillers that will be pouring that night. You'll get chocolate whiskey truffles. You'll get a complimentary cigar at Club Macanudo's on-site lounge. You'll get some swag from Hudson Made Personal Care Products. You'll get a free cocktail and even a haircut from Blind Barber, which is a Place I've been meaning I should have gone there yesterday when I was in the city because I really need a haircut and I always need a cocktail and you can get both at Blind Barber. Uh, you'll get access to the food truck caravan. You'll get access to the online U.S. Barrels Cooperage pop-up. I don't know what that means, but it sounds fun. And you'll get VIP area access to the concert, the musical entertainment for the evening. Grammy winner Dan. Are back from the Black Keys is giving a show there. There's a free shuttle bus from the local train stations, the subway, and the first 500 attendees who show up get a $25 Uber voucher. How's that? Pretty cool. So buy your tickets at thewhiskeyx.com. So use the e or don't <laughs> in whiskey, and uh, use oh so use the offer code like I said whx hazel. So it's W H X H A Z E L, no spaces, all caps, and you'll get a uh, you'll get a big discount on the VIP ticket for it's sixty bucks for the VIP ticket, and it's normally 75. So Hazel Shore hopes to see you there. Hey, you remember last week I was talking about uh, uh, I want to get to know you a little bit. So uh, I set up a survey and uh, I want to know like uh, which describes you best. Are you a working bartender? Are you a working barback, aspiring bartender, cocktail enthusiast, spirit enthusiast, or something else? So uh, I'd love for you to, you could take the survey survey online, but I'd love for you to record the answers to all these questions and maybe we'll use it on the show. And uh, that would be awesome. So you can, you know what you can do? It's easy. It, you can, on your phone, you can go to the Bartender Journey page, then hit Message, and then there's a little tiny microphone on the bottom, and you can just press that and uh, send me a voice message that way. So I'll have the uh, the questions for you on bartenderjourney.net, and uh, you can, yeah, send me a message. And uh, I'd like to know, know more about you. This show is for you guys, and I'd really love to have you involved. Hey, do you want a podcast recommendation that has nothing to do with our industry, nothing to do with bartending or cocktails or spirits? I just finished listening today to S Town, S Town. Boy, I won't tell you anything about it, but it was really well done, really, really interesting. And uh, I, I was, it was seven episodes, or about an hour each, and uh, I didn't want it to end. I kept putting off listening to the last, you know, a few minutes because I just wanted it to keep going. What podcast do you listen to that you like? That maybe whether they have something to do with bartending or not, let me know. Uh, it's brian at bartenderjourney.net Send me an email or you can message me right on Facebook at the Bartender Journey page Maybe we'll start doing podcast recommendations on the show here Why not? I think, you know, it's good you gotta, You're got you behind the bar, you gotta make conversation It gives you something to talk about besides the weather Which I do way too much Alright, let's do our toast And it's from our book, Toasts: Over 1500 of the Best toasts, Sentiments, Blessings, and Graces And the toast is Make every day a masterpiece Cheers, we'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast